of the world you step down into darkness open my eyes let me see beauty that made this heart adore you hope of a life spent with you so here i am to worship here i am to bow down here i am to say that you're my god you're all together lovely all together worthy all together wonderful to me king of all days oh so highly exalted glorious in heaven above so grateful and thankful for this beautiful day you've given us. We're thankful for the opportunity that we have to come together here and worship you. And today, Lord, we pray that you would open our hearts and open our minds so that we could focus on the message and receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Please turn and greet one another. Good morning. I want to welcome you to Memorial United Methodist. My name is Joe Cade. I'm the pastor. So grateful that you've joined us today. One of the major tools that we use in this worship service is the bulletin. If you'll take your bulletin, I want to show you a couple of significant things that are going on today. If you first turn to your panel, 
We like to put anything that's happening uh, immediately, anything you're going to register for, sign up for in the panel. Um, please notice that um, as we try to live out radical hospitality to the best of our um, abilities, we have meals, we have uh, snacks over here, we have ways that you can sign up, and we have a director of connection as of Friday, who is uh, um, uh, Leanna Morris is in the back, and she can answer any questions for you about anything regarding the church. She can take you anywhere. She doesn't have anywhere to be um, but to help you and support you. Uh, so, Leanna, if you'll raise your hand, if you all look back there and see her, she can give you any information whatsoever. Um, we believe in passionate worship, and we have uh, some pretty great things that are going to happen today. The first of which, um, if for us, is we're going out to the prayer garden immediately following this service. The service will be a little bit... Uh, more brief, uh, so that we can set up, um, take our chairs up there, set them up, and walk out to the prayer garden and dedicate it as a nine o'clock worship service. Also, um, we have a picture, I believe, of Keels Bearden. Keels was um, adopted by the Beardens. They joined the church in the 11 o'clock service a couple weeks ago, and he'll be baptized in the worship service at 11 today. We, uh, as you are growing accustomed, place notes in the panel of the bulletin. And if you want to write a note to that Bearden family and leave it in the basket in the back, we'll make sure we get it to them. And you think, what would a person write to a family that's doing it? I have no idea. I'm not even going to do it. No way. Simple, friendly, loving thing that they'll get um, just like it's a birthday party, just like it's um, uh, Emmaus, any one of those events where you get something special from the people involved. Um, and please notice the play is tonight, Oh Chicken of Little Faith. They put a great deal of work into that. It will be in the social hall. We'll have fun. Now, if you'll open your bulletin wide open, you see our five practices of fruitful congregations. The one I want to emphasize uh, again this morning is risk-taking mission and service. I'm going to call the mission team up that's going to Redbird Mission, if you guys will come up. Our leaders today are going to Kentucky to um, serve people who have uh, great needs in a number of different areas. They'll be leaving, uh, what, in the next five minutes? They don't even have time for the sermon. They're going to be on their way to Kentucky and um, uh, going to help those people. So if you all will say thank you for their service and going out and representing us. You saw a um, video uh, that we promoted this trip, and you'll see another video in the future where we celebrate this trip. Um, you'll hear more about it from them as they get back, um, but if you can join me in blessing them uh, for their journey. Let us pray. Gracious God, you have called us all to risk-taking mission and service, going outside our boundaries, going outside our everyday routines, going outside our concerns for ourselves, the things that we're doing to serve others. Because you showed us that so many times for people of uh, different genders, of people of different races, of people of different faiths, people across all sorts of lines that we have drawn, you blew those lines up and helped them. So Lord, go with these men who are going to Redbird Mission. Uh, be with them as they travel. Be with them as they serve, as they eat. And Lord, help us to pray for them in the week to come uh, that they may have a wonderful experience. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Have a great trip. Thanks, Jeff. Mm -hmm. Have a great trip.
<laughs> they said go, so I'm going to go with them. Does somebody else want to? Anybody got this? No? Okay. All right. We believe in extravagant generosity. And you see uh, standard announcements that are there. One I want to tell you that is coming that will be in the panel is uh, we have uh, scholarships available for college students. You're going to hear about that. We've got um, uh, generous people who have uh, donated uh, money so that we can support our college students in our church. Uh, so please be on the lookout for that, and we'll have deadlines coming up for you to submit your information. This is your helpful tool. The newsletter is out today with a picture of a little baby putting the, uh, Miss Vivian putting the flower in the cross Easter. Uh, make sure you get that. We have a digital version of that in every email. Let's uh, pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for drawing us to worship today. We thank you for the practice and the effort and the work that have gone into the preparation for this service. We thank you for a space in which we may gather every week that serves us in so many ways. Use every element of everything that's been prepared to place scripture in our hands, Lord. To place songs in our minds. To place your word on our heart. Help us, Lord, as we go forth from this place, as we go into the prayer garden, not to set everything that we've learned here down until we gather again, but to take it with us. To take enough love, to take enough purpose, to take enough hope that we need both hands to carry it out, Lord, to serve your community. Inspire us this morning, Lord, as we pray the prayer your son taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The opening image today is gardens. Some people have a green thumb, and they help gardens and flowers live. Some people have what I've heard last week after talking about it as they came up to me, a black thumb. They kill living things, not really meaning to. They want it to survive, but they just something doesn't work out. And then some people don't have a color. They don't mess with gardens at all. But we're going to talk about them a good bit today and for very good reason as we go out from this service. First of which is flower garden. Beautiful. And I can't imagine the effort that goes into making that what it was. And the effort that goes into maintaining it. Um, the decisions that you have to make the seasons that you're dealing with, the climate, the location, all of that, to make something beautiful like that happen, great beauty uh, can inspire us, can pick us up on our way out the door and our way back into the door. Let's look at the next one. Vegetable garden. Um, biggest garden I ever saw like this, personally, was my grandfather's garden. And it, maybe I was a little kid, but it felt huge. Um, 
it was out on the front corner of his yard right at the street, and he had all kinds of stuff in there and would bring it in and eat it right then and would also can it uh, for long into the future. Great quality. You have to wonder what the quality of the food is in this garden. If you're taking vegetables out of this and putting them on your plate, are you wondering what the quality is like, where they've been, how's it going? No, we've got great quality already. Let's look at the next one. Now, you can't get a real picture of the Garden of Eden because nobody took a picture of it. It's the only one. But the story of the Garden of Eden, of the creation of something special for two people and all the animals that were there, is great love. Anyone who has prepared something as small as a three-year-old's birthday party to a field for t-ball players to a classroom for 11th graders, to a gym, into a worship space. They know what it means to prepare a space for people to come, and they may not know what it took to make that space happen. But it's not about credit. It's about the love of those people in order to create that space in order for an environment for them to experience that love. So great beauty, great quality, great love. Let's look at the next one. This is the Garden of Gethsemane. It's in the Kidron Valley in Jerusalem, just outside the ancient city. And it, you talk about a valley, it is straight down. You walk down from one side, and you're in the Kidron Valley, looking up at the walls of Jerusalem, and you walk right back up. This is where Jesus was when he said, God, if this cup could pass from me, but not my will, but yours. Fully recognizing as a human being that he'd really love to not do the thing that's directly in front of him. We don't have to think too hard what that feels like in a small sense, whether it's for work or whether it's for travel or whether it's for your home or whatever it may be. Not on his sense, but we understand what it's like to dread something. We understand what it's like to push through that dread and we understand what it's like to dread it on a level that you never even acknowledge it again and hope it goes away until someone else brings it up again. Jesus in that moment had great dread, great fear, great concern as a human being. And in that garden, he showed great sacrifice. So four very different gardens combined together give us very significant things. Great beauty, great quality, great love, great sacrifice. And none of these can happen without commitment and without love. It cannot happen. So let me tell you what's happening today, just from our church campus. We're sending a mission team off to Kentucky, as we just did. We're baptizing a child in the 11 a.m. service. We're serving communion to one another in both services. And we're dedicating a garden on our church grounds with both worship services. None of that can happen without two very significant things. Great commitment and great love. John chapter 15 verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, 
just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. I told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Anybody ever wonder if free will is a thing? Or if we kind of are forced into our choices or coerced into our choices to a level that we don't really have much control. Let's go back one slide. Look at verse 10. Look to the right. What word do you see? That is a tiny word. And it captures, to me, you know, I'm not an expert, I'm not, uh, I don't know everything about everything, but if, you, if I were to say to anyone, if y'all will do this, to me that means y'all have a choice. And generally speaking, after that, if y'all, you give an incentive. If y'all will do this, clean this up, we'll be done and we can go watch a movie. If y'all stay together on this trip and we stay tight, we'll be able to see more things on the trip. If y'all have a party here while we're gone and you hurt something, there's going to be serious punishment and pain. All of that is wrapped up in one word to the right of ten, if. To me, that screams free will. Free will that is becoming immediately apparent as Jesus is saying goodbye before they go into Jerusalem when he won't have that chance. So he's saying to them, we followed each other. We fed people. We've healed people. I'm going to be gone. If you do these things, it's going to be significant. So that's the next phrase. Remain in my love. This is long past the creation, long past the initial work, and long past the fulfillment. Long past Jesus' resurrection. To readers... 70, 80 years after his life on earth, reading this for the first time, all the way to 2018, if you remain in my love. Day in and day out. Now, how many weddings do you think I've done in 18 years? I wish I had kept absolute track, but I think it's in the 50s. And in each of those instances, I do premarital counseling. And each time I do it, I try to establish the patterns of the families connected to the individuals. So that those individuals who you are basing something you feel about an individual on about 7% of the information, <laughs> max. Now, would you buy a car that way? Would you buy a house that way? Would you uh, enter into a relationship possibly for the next 65 years that way? Sure. Yeah, sounds good. We'll do. So I say, let's talk about the way you were raised and the seven subjects of life that were impacted by that. Because you're going to do one of three things. Completely embrace your, up, uh, your uh, upbringing. Do everything your parents did. You are going to completely reject what your parents did. And the third one, which wreaks havoc on relationships, you're going to reject what your parents did until a specific moment in which you will completely embrace what your parents did. 
It might be a career, it might be a mortgage, it might be children, it might be the second child, it might be the third child, it might be the fourth child. You go, you know what? They were on to something. Or it just clicks. It's a recessive trait. And in that moment, in your relationship, the other one goes, wait, who is this? I didn't experience it. And they go, um, okay. I want you to reference the sheep that we went through seven years ago before your marriage, and I want you to talk about this phrase right here. Because this phrase goes far beyond the 7% that you knew. Into, man, I did not realize that he was going to wake up three times in the night and wake me up three times in the night, and I was not going to be able to go back to sleep. I didn't realize that when we go on trips, I like to have every detail, and she likes to go, you know, whatever, you know, whatever. I fell in love with Jesus when he was feeding 5,000 people on a mountain. It was amazing. Then he asked me to go to Jerusalem and face people who wanted to kill me. See, this happens in every part of every phase of our life. And we've got a choice to make as to whether we're going to remain in that love. And so that's why Jesus says, if, if you do it. Verse 13. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you my servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, my Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. This is a question I asked on the podcast this week. We have a lot of obsession about getting the Ten Commandments in particular places. And I get it. It's original law. But I wonder why we're not obsessed with getting this in particular places. Jesus said it. He said, this is my command that you love one another. It's a very clear message to individuals and faith communities that you should go and bear fruit even as circumstances change. Even even as you get tired. Even as this person comes in and that person goes out. Even as the community around you changes. Even as you have children and they go away. Even as you get married or you do not. Even as you get divorced. Even as your child moves to Alaska. Even as your job, your boss says, you know what, we're going to have to go another direction. He says, remain in my love and love each other. It's not hard to understand. It's just hard to live out. And that's why he has the word if. And there are a lot of of, um, uh, illustrations that Jesus uses that are um, designed to give them a message. And sometimes they don't get it, and sometimes they do, just like any of us with a metaphor. But he says, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. He doesn't say that as an illustration. 
He's about to go do it. And we do well to not think, man, I'm sure glad that Jesus did that. Awesome. So we can go on living our life. So we can do whatever we want. So that we can love who we want, when we want, how we want, or maybe not even love them at all. He says, no, um, you are now called to carry this out. You know how much a small business owner concerns himself or herself with the business? How many details they know? How many other people surrounding them know those exact details? It's not very many. And Jesus is now handing these details over to other human beings who are not the Son of God. It's been handed over and over and over again to us all the way here. So what I want you to focus on as we read the liturgy for communion is the ways in which we have struggled to remain in love. The ways in which we have struggled to love one another. And how we can fix it. It starts with gathering around the same table. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you'll stand uh, as you're able and join us in our modern affirmation. This is the way that we affirm our faith in this worship service. You're welcome to participate and you're welcome to simply listen. We believe in God the Father, infinite in wisdom, power, and love, whose mercy is over all his works and whose will is directed to his children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope, and the promise of God fulfilled. We believe in the Holy Spirit as a divine presence in our lives, reminding us always of the truth of Christ, our inspiration and strength in times of joy and sorrow. We believe our faith should be apparent in our words of love and acts of service, that the kingdom of God may be a present reality here on earth. You may be seated. If you'll join me in this communion liturgy, if you wish, uh, if you'll read the bold. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The only way you have joyful obedience is if you truly believe that you were part of something. If you believe in the sacrifice that it's going to take in order to make something happen. If you feel accepted and be and, um, given a significant task. But sometimes we feel the opposite. 
Sometimes we feel outside. Sometimes we don't feel accepted. Sometimes we don't feel like we've been given anything to do. And so we misbehave or we ignore. He says, free us for joyful obedience. That individual and corporate acknowledgement of the fact that we've fallen short is entirely significant to the life of worship. The other thing that's really significant is forgiveness. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. Some people can't believe that they've done anything wrong. Some people can't believe that they've been forgiven. Both people are in our worship service. Acknowledge the fact that we've fallen short and acknowledge the fact that you've been forgiven. They're equally significant in order to come forward to this table. It's now time for our offering. You can give as the plate goes by. You can just hand it to the next person. If you want to give electronically, there's instructions in the bulletin. And if you're a guest today, if you're new to our family, we certainly don't expect you to give. heart open wide from the depths from the heights I will bring a sacrifice with these hands lifted high hear my song hear my cry I will bring a sacrifice I will bring a sacrifice.
Jesus used incredibly simple elements. In a meal with his closest followers who were struggling to understand their purpose, their way, their future, whether they were going to live or not. In that meal, he sits down with those people and offers them the bread and the cup in a way that they will never forget. He says, this is my body, broken for you. Eat this. Remember me. Remain in my love. After the dinner, he took the cup he gave thanks to God. He said, this is my blood of the new covenant. Remain in me. Remember my love. Carry this forward far from this day. He says this to the disciples. In the United Methodist Church, all who want to come forward for Holy Communion are welcome to do so. In this service, we serve by intinction, which simply means we give you a piece of bread and another person's holding the cup and you dip the bread into the cup and eat it. We'll come uh, by the middle aisle and, and be served and go back to your seat by the outside aisle. And we have gluten-free bread here. If you come there first, we'll spread out a little bit so you can come there first and get it um, before you go in your line. It's my new favorite tradition to have the bleacher folks come first because they sacrifice seats for us. If y'all will come first.
Lord, we thank you for sharing this table. And we ask you to use every table in our lives this week to offer this same opportunity of love, grace, joy, and hope that we may remain in your love as we leave this place. Amen. Would you please stand and sing this last one with us? See 
want you all to do three very different, very significant things. If you've filled out anything in your bulletin, leave it on the back table. If you'll take your chairs to the frames, and if you don't see a pad on the back, the back rows, they go on the ones that have spillover. It's important for our meals that we do that right. I want you, as you go out the door, um, Steve and Kinnett, if you will hand people um, worship orders for the prayer garden, they're right beside Adair. If you'll hand them as they go out, and if you want to join us for the blessing of the prayer garden, I encourage you to do so. We're going to gather just outside of it um, um, very quickly um, before Sunday school. So if you'll do those three things for me, go in peace and um, we'll have a benediction from outside.